This is the first time. Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center neighborhood. Here's your host, Jen Sodini. Dustin is a DJ. You can hear him the first and third Thursdays at Cole's Bar. Also, he has an epic 90s dance night called the T-T-T-Totally Dudes, where you can see me dance on stage like an asshole and sing along to all the words like an old person. It's awesome. I go almost every month. Dustin is, has designed one of the only, I think, or sorry, the only Grammy-nominated um, uh, board game which was part of a packaging for a uh, Numero Group release. And he's a big nerd and a great guy. Guys, warm welcome. Give it up. Dustin Drace. Remember back in the late 90s when your crazy neighbor was stocking canned goods for his bunker? And everyone thought a computer virus was going to take out the entire world? The millennium made me do it. That was the theme to Stop Smiling Magazine's first issue of the year 2000. I was a cocky 22-year-old senior at Columbia College, doing time as a staff writer at the Upstart Magazine, whose tagline was, The Journal of Quirk and Media. (laughs) At nine issues deep, the magazine was a far cry from its humble beginnings as a music and conspiracy zine, printed after hours at a Kinko's, Issue 9 looked pretty good, though. The layout was crisp and professional. The sometimes juvenile writing was tight and well-edited. Our print run had grown to a respectable few thousand copies, and we had started making a name for ourselves in the world of the indie music magazines. Still, looking back at the content now, it's almost unrecognizable against the self-proclaimed magazine for high-minded lowlifes that it would become just a few years later. I first met J.C. Gable, the fast-talking, insomnia-ridden publisher and editor-in-chief of Stop Smiling during my freshman year of college. Gable was one year ahead of me in the same magazine journalism program and already had established himself his media foothold. Early on, my duties at the magazine mostly revolved around record reviews and a bit of copy editing, but eventually I was given a few lead stories and interviews as well as my very own intern, who also happened to be a fellow Columbia student that I concurrently had classes with. A fact I find funny to this day. In March of 2000, plans were made to trek down to South by Southwest for the annual music festival to do a bit of schmoozing, boozing, and guerrilla marketing. We scoured the lineup and made contact with publicists to set up as many interviews as we could and steeled ourselves for the 22-hour drive ahead of us. We had interviewed Bob Pollard, the lead singer of Guided by Voices, back in issue six, so we had hoped he might be able to introduce us to Rick Ocasek, the record producer and lead singer of The Cars, who had just helped them produce the band's major label debut. I really wanted to see a band from Omaha called The Faint, and there were a few other differing opinions on which bands to check out, but the one thing we all agreed on was that we absolutely had to find DJ Muppet Fucker. (laughs) We were obsessed. Who would possibly use a ridiculous name like DJ Muppet Fucker And what the hell did he sound like? We had to find out. So aside from Elliot Smith, by far the biggest buzz of the festival that year was the unsanctioned party that was being held by the newly launched Revolver magazine, a.k.a. the world's loudest magazine, whatever the hell that means. (laughs) 
up to this point, almost all of the show's happenings around the festival run through the organizers. So a show of this size, featuring Guided by Voices and other bands that the festival would have wanted to play, did cause a bit of controversy. We descended upon Austin with trunk loads of issues of the magazine and reams of square red stickers that said, As Red and Stop Smiling, a play on the old As Seen on TV stickers for those craptastic, life-changing inventions you can buy at Walgreens for $9.99. In the car, we developed an elaborate plan to place as many of our stickers on objects and unsuspecting victims as possible. One person would engage them in a conversation, while another would stand behind them and place stickers on them. Maybe it wasn't so elaborate, but to us it was genius. Our first priority when we got into town was to meet with the infamous DJ Muppet fucker. So JC, myself, and another writer set out to catch him at his sound check. We honestly had no idea what to expect, and since we were clearly only talking to him because of his idiotic name, we didn't do any prep work. So little did we realize, DJ Muppet fucker was a happy hardcore DJ. Now, for those unaware of the genre, Happy Hardcore is the barely mentioned suburban cousin of 90s rave music, loved predominantly by pill-popping kids wearing sneakers and tiny backpacks. <laughs> Where rave music itself has aged gracefully, Happy Hardcore, with its 170 beats per minute, oosha, 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 and inane lyrics about being a hippie, getting high and flying, has not had the same fate. <laughs> We barely made it through the brief sound check, and despite our many hopeful glances toward the door, we stayed to talk with Muppet Fucker, <laughs> graciously interviewing with no intention of ever writing anything. However, a local Austin Weekly did review the performance, which led to a cease and desist letter showing up from the Jim Henson Company demanding Muppet Fucker <laughs> stop using the name and hand over all domain rights. Fun fact, Disney, which bought the Jim Henson Company, still owns MuppetFucker.net to this day. <laughs> it's true, I just looked it up again. Uh, <laughs> hightailing it out of there, we found ourselves a bit early to the faint show on the outskirts of town and were roped into attending a gay wedding that was being officiated by Jimmy Flemian of the Frogs in full angel wing regalia as part of the opening act. We heard rumors that Guided by Voices and Rick Ocasek might be hanging out at the Alternative Press magazine party, a seemingly perfect opportunity for us to meet one of our idols and cause a bit of commotion. One of our articles in the Millennium issue was a six-page send-up of 11 bad print ads of the, line, of the 90s. Coming in at number three was the Alternative Press advert for their website featuring the insane clown posse. <laughs> the Stop Smiling Priest was pretty scathing, starting with, where, oh, where has Alternative Press's integrity gone? And not getting much nicer from there. We managed to sneak our way into the hotel room party with armloads of our magazine in tow. And when we got in there, we found a giant table with a display of the ICP advert and copies of their magazines. So, of course, we promptly took all of their magazines, threw them underneath the table, and replaced them with our own, open to our, the spread of the advertisement we were making fun of. We then proceeded to drink ourselves into a stupor on their free booze. Ocasek never showed, but we did spend quite some time getting drunk on a porch with Bob Power and the other members of Guided by Voices, who, based on the mountain of empty beer cans surrounding them, had seemingly been there a while. We asked Pollard why he was playing a show for such a bullshit rock magazine like Revolver instead of playing a normal showcase, and he repeatedly just told us the money was too good. <laughs> Upon our return from the festival, we received a letter in the mail from... Associated Press Editor Jason Pettigrew, 
asking why we had decided to be such assholes at their party. He wasn't wrong. We really were assholes. But then again, most 22-year-olds usually are. Finding out where the revolver show was taking place was surprisingly difficult, but luckily after much cajoling, we pried the information out of Pollard. Finding it was the first part. Getting in proved even more problematic. Despite epically long lines, we were undeterred. A few minutes spent scoping the outer edge of the buildings led us to find a warehouse garage door slightly open. We rolled underneath it, spy style, and assimilated ourselves into the crowd, quickly partaking in the last vestiges of the free booze that was surely not the last. In between songs during their set at the show, Pollard of Guided by Voices apologized to South by Southwest for having this little party without them, adding, hey man, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It was an exciting time to be a young journalist out in the front lines of culture, while large, well-funded new media outlets were taking on the older, established media outlets, we were there as the underdogs to let them know they were equally full of bullshit. The internet was starting to become a respectable voice, and small-scale publications like ours were able to say whatever we wanted to an even larger audience, a rarity in the days before social media. Eventually, we matured, but just barely. Stopped smiling with a bit of knowledge gleamed from J.C.'s stint working for Playboy and a bit of mentoring from the legendary Studs Terkel was able to turn itself into a respected highbrow culture publication. A few years later, sensing the impending demise of magazines, JC transitioned out of the magazine game and into small-scale book publishing with the same gonzo journalism approach. I kept writing for Stop Smiling sporadically in the early 2000s, mostly doing small interviews and record reviews. And upon graduation, I naively shopped my binder full of published material around to different magazines in hopes of landing a staff gig, but that's not how that works. Freelancing proved even more difficult because I'm not really good with deadlines. And add to that, the, the world of media changed rapidly. And although publishers were in need of so much content, there were also so many people willing to give it to them for free. So professionals, and I use that term lightly, uh, like myself, were left out in the cold. As a kid, I had devoured self-published zines and alternative music magazines. But now that all of that information is out there on the internet, easily accessible, it's lost its mystique to me, and I find that I just don't have that much interest in the snarky old guard journalism. The days of fanzines and culture-defining publications may be over, and any Muppet fucker with a Twitter account can instantly spout nonsense and, hell, even become president, but I still, I still hold out hope for the new generation of asshole 22-year-olds, and I'm excited to see what they have to tell. Thank you. Yeah. 
You've been listening to a Chirp Radio podcast of our live storytelling and music series, The First Time. Our storyteller was Dustin Drace, and The First Time 4 performed Hold On Hope by Guided by Voices. The First Time 4 is Steve Frisby, Liam Davis, Gerald Dowd, and Scott Stevenson. To hear more First Time pieces, check out the series' website, firsttime.chirpradio.org. And you can find other podcasts produced by the station at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio. Hear what's next.